0: Hello, welcome to Poetry for the People. I'm Clinton Collister, a, a uh, student of Theology and Poetry here at St. Andrews, where we're recording.
1: And I am Sarah Collister. I am a teacher of students, and uh, I teach them English, at a school that is also called St. Andrews Roman Catholic High School.
0: It's a beautiful thing. <laughs> so so uh, we're very excited to bring you this special Advent edition of Poetry for the People mm. today. In, in which our overarching theme is is uh, the star and the nativity. So we're going to be looking at two poets. One of them is a local named Robert Crawford.
1: A Scotsman.
0: A Scotsman, yes. He actually writes many of his poems in Scots and... Makes he, it a
1: little hard to understand.
0: Yeah, yeah some of those are tricky, but... <laughs> but uh, This one isn't in this Scots. This one is not in Scots, no. and. And he teaches creative writing in English literature here at the University of St. Andrews. And he is a T.S. Eliot scholar. He's written a book on the young Eliot, and he has a new one coming out on the older Eliot in in a couple years. And so we we thought that it would be really um, fun to pair the two poets' respective nativity poems. So what are those two poems we're gonna be looking at?
1: We have Stars by Robert Crawford and The Journey of the Magi by T.S. Eliot.
0: Yes, so, so we're really excited to bring you those. And before we actually get into reading those poems and discussing them, we just wanted, again, to to thank our Patreon supporters for their generosity. We we greatly appreciate it on a personal level. And mm. we, we also uh, ho- hope you enjoy the ways that we're trying to further the, the spread of good poems into the world and give them to you. So
1: We couldn't do it without you. We couldn't
0: do it without you. And as, as a, a Christmas present, you can expect another original poem, if you're one of our supporters, over the Christmas break. Yes.
1: Stars by Robert Crawford Told, foretold, they rode through untold bone-cold nights dismounting to be counted in the old heartland of the clan where shacked up some way through their stay on a flight between wars true to type, his stubborn fiance gave birth on trampled earth under the stars to a lad she lagged like a pipe and stashed scratchily away in a hay bed made from a big tub, a bin in a shed, where the kitty cried not far from where they'd tried but failed to get in at the hoaching pub. Luke two, three through seven. So interestingly, <clears throat> even though Robert Crawford is a professor at the University of St. Andrews, he actually is from the West Coast. He would qualify as a Glaswegian, which means he's from where, Clinton?
0: He is from the rainy and beautiful city of Glasgow. Of Glasgow. Uh, right? Glasgow.
1: Yes. Um, so he grew up kind of in Glasgow Shire, so nearby, but we could just say Glasgow, although he might not like to be said that. Um, he is an, a really an incredible person, a Scottish nationalist who loves his his Scottish homeland and writing about the beautiful landscapes. And the people he encounters, he celebrates the the common man and the common language, the Scots language, which distinguishes it from, um, you know, the Irish and the English. Um, so he celebrates those traits. But he himself was born and raised in in the Glasgow area. His paternal grandfather was actually a minister in the Church of Scotland, and uh, I guess Robert Crawford. Said at one point in his life that he considered himself to be a Christian with a Presbyterian accent rather mm-hmm. than an actual Protestant. Um, and he feels like this faith is part of his, uh, I don't know, West Scottish identity. Um, he is interested in post Enlightenment Scottish literature and he really enjoys the poetry of Robbie Burns or Robert Burns, as you may know him. Um, of course, he emulates T.S. Eliot, and he enjoys aspects of modernism. Um, He actually studied in Oxford and received his DPhil there. Um, But before that, he went to the University of Glasgow. So a true Scotsman at heart. Um, And we found this book of poetry when we were in a lovely little bookshop in Edinburgh.
0: Yes, yes, exactly. Our friend Ewan recommended this bookshop, and we were caught in a downpour, and we went into it, and... I, we had been looking into who the poets were that were on campus here. And, uh, Robert Crawford was one that we really he liked, liked his work. He, his, his, his poems had caught our attention and, and same with Don Patterson. And so mm. we were flipping through the books and we found this, this collection called the Testament, right?
1: Yeah. Just Testament Testament. Mm-hmm. It's his latest collection. So he has other collections. Um, Started being published in the '90s, but um, I think one of the favorite titles of mine is "The Tip of My Tongue," which I think mm-hmm. <laughs> speaks to his love of you know the, the Scots dialect well, and
0: when when we were dating and Sarah was living in Brooklyn, our favorite coffee shop that we would go to was called oh, Tip of the Tongue. Oh
1: Yes, and it sadly closed. Yes,
0: so it was regrettable,
1: regrettable. but um, yes. So he's lived a very interesting life, and I think this poem reflects. His complicated relationship with with faith, and also his view of uh, the nativity from the perspective of someone who lives in Scotland.
0: Very much so. This is one <laughs> of the things that I find quite charming about this poem. A lot of people, uh, when they when they look at religious texts, are focused on historical specificity yeah. and accuracy nowadays where
1: in Bethlehem did they go you know
0: yes and and also there's the sort of critical eye thrown on the people in the pews who who uh, imagine the Incarnation happening in you know in in their in their town in their They're village, neck of the woods and and try to interpret the story in a way that is really local to them and I like that in this poem, Jesus is a lad. <laughs> Jesus is Jesus is a lad, right? And he's carried kind of like a, a bagpipe, and <laughs> and I like that that uh, he's put in a bin, isn't he, or something? Some, yes, a, a bin,
1: a, a bin, a, which in in Scotland is a a trash can, essentially.
0: Yeah, well, yeah, yeah, and well, you've run into it problems with the term bin, right? Because in, in your classroom. Oh,
1: right. Well, we don't have to get into that, but yes, I've missed misnamed something that i thought was a bin it was yeah
0: well anyway. the, the point being that it's just different terminology than we yes. have in the states There's nothing, nothing negative but negative about it really but it's just fascinating and so he really i mean from the the weather to the way that this young man and woman speak to the whole thing it, it feels very scottish and i think you know that, that's that's sort of an important aspect of the, the idea. I I mean, there is the particularity of course, of, of Jesus being born of the house of David and so on. Mm. But then there's also this, this point that uh, every, every God came in human flesh. And so it matters for every person in every different place, you know? And and I think that that really comes through.
1: Mm. Yeah. And I think the way that this poem is, is, formatted with this really really short staccato lines. Right. Um it's supposed to be something that is accessible for the everyman, for it's not, you know, high level uh doctrine, theology and you know complex themes and language that reflects that, but it's it's the average man. You know, yeah. the the story written in a form that anyone can access and I I really enjoy that part of this poem that it's it's celebrating something very beautiful, but in a simple way.
0: Right. Yeah. Anyone can appreciate the stars, right? Yes. And and I think that, that comes through in this poem. Well, let's let's revisit a, a few of the lines that really left an impression. On I think
1: that just the way it starts out with uh, those first four lines and the rhyme that kind of cycles through, told, foretold, they rode through untold, bone cold nights. Um, there's just this really tight internal rhyme there, and um, and it hits you like the cold of what was untold, the mystery of it all. Why are we even doing this? Um, but but then there's this revelation at the end of this is the meaning of, of birth. But um, but w- when you're in the thick of it, it's it's frustrating. You're 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 cold and you're and maybe you're angsty. And you just like to to have a hot cuppa and get near the fire.
0: Uh, well, like... y- yes, you, you definitely, I, I think can feel the cold when they talk about bone, bone cold. If you mm. spent much time in Scotland in the winter, when, when the rain is coming down,
1: I'm currently wearing three shirts. Let's yes. It that yes.
0: It's true. It's true. <laughs> I, I, even though we're inside, I have a scarf on right now. Yes, <laughs> and, and so that, that really comes through. And also the fact that they're turned away, right? And, mm. and they're not turned away from a, a Bethlehem inn, mm. but but what is it called exactly? From I
1: mean. a hoaching pub. <laughs> a Hoaching
0: pub. Yes, that seems so appropriate. Uh, and, and it's it's fascinating. Here in Scotland, it seems like everybody has a a shed in in, in their back in their backyard. Yeah, like we even that's have, true. We, we have, have a wee shed. We have a wee shed, and. And, of course, where is it that that uh, the young lady is giving birth?
1: Uh, well, there's a bin, tub, which is the, you know, supposed to be the manger. And then they're in a shed. They're not in a cave or some sort of
0: barn. Barn,
1: But it's a, yeah, it's a shed, which is a, something any Scottish person would be familiar with.
0: Definitely. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, it, it, Crawford's been been a, a great discovery. We're really enjoying his work. It's funny that you that you mentioned that his his grandfather was a Presbyterian minister. Yeah. That that brings one of his Scots poems that we read kind of describes a, a Presbyterian church, and it, it's uh, quite quite vivid. Like it sounds like something he knows well, yeah. and so that makes sense. I, I didn't know that detail about his life before.
1: Hmm. Well, I valued the the synthesis of Scottish culture with a story that is um, so familiar, but told in a, in a beautiful and, and interesting new way.
0: Yeah, I think the, the 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 star casts a new light on it, right? Mm. It, it, it definitely you, you go away th- having having the story come alive again in a new way.
1: Absolutely. Journey of the Magi, by T.S. Eliot. A cold coming we had of it, just the worst time of the year. For a journey in such a journey, the ways deep and the weather sharp, the very dead of winter. And the camels galled, sore-footed refractory, lying down in the melting snow. There were times we regretted the summer palaces on slopes, the terraces, and the silken girls bringing sherbet. Then the camelmen cursing and grumbling and running away and wanting their liquor and women, and the night fires going out, and the lack of shelters, and the cities hostile and the towns unfriendly, and the villages dirty and charging high prices. A hard time we had of it. At the end, we preferred to travel all night sleeping in snatches with the voices singing in our ears, saying that this was all folly. Then at dawn, we came down to a temperate valley, wet below the snow line, smelling of vegetation, with a running stream and a water mill beating the darkness, and three trees on the low sky, and an old white horse galloped away in the meadow, then we came to a tavern with vine leaves over the lintel, six hands at an open door, dicing for pieces of silver and feet kicking the empty wineskins. But there was no information. And so we continued and arriving at evening, not a moment too soon, finding the place it was, you may say, satisfactory. All this was a long time ago, I remember. And I would do it again, but set down this, set down this. Were we led all that way for birth or death? There was a birth, certainly. We had evidence and no doubt. I had seen birth and death, but had thought they were different. This birth was hard and bitter agony for us, like death, our death. We returned to our places these kingdoms, but no longer at ease here in the old dispensation with an alien people clutching their gods. I should be glad of another death.
0: Thomas Stearns Elliot was an American born in St. Louis who moved over to to Britain later in life, and this had a major impact on him. He, he came from kind of a, a well-off uh, humanitarian family in St. Louis and he he uh, really had a, an, an intellectual journey that comes through in this poem in, in some significant ways he he studied at at Harvard with George Santayana and Irving Babbitt and, and Paul Elmer Moore had had a big influence on him and so he kind of came under the influence of what was called the the new humanism at the time so whereas other people might have been moving toward this focus on trying to treat life like a science experiment or a math equation Eliot instead was looking to the, the great philosophies of the past and religions of the world to try to find meaning and purpose and and so he he ended up moving over to to england and he became friends with Ezra Pound and Virginia Woolf and the, the influential authors of the period and he moved in a different direction than than both of them there's there's a fo- a famous story from when when Eliot first converted to Christianity and and entered the the Anglican Church where he sent a letter to Virginia Woolf to to tell her about his conversion and I guess she was just shocked and, and she said there was something, I can't remember if the word's disturbing or just wrong about, about a man sitting in front of his fire and believing in God. So she, she thought it was scandalous. So he, he, you know, faced, faced a lot of rejection and confrontation when he, when he uh, made this sort of intellectual sojourn and spiritual sojourn and this poem kind of coincides with that conversion and and so it's it's interesting it it's a different perspective on the nativity than we have from robert crawford crawford really helps us see what was it like for mary and joseph or for a young man young woman having a having a child now and in scotland in the cold of winter without a home right whereas here we we see things from the perspective of the magi Mm. what what did you think of that
1: oh yeah i think it's interesting you know they're privileged they've left behind uh palaces with um you know delicacies like sherbet and and you know terraces and beautiful women warmth warmth, yeah, and they've made this long journey where people are very hostile to them because they're foreigners kind of like Mary and Joseph but in a different way for different right. reasons Right, and so they end up trying to sleep on their camels as they're going and we all know trying to sleep on a plane or in a car is just not quite the same as sleeping <laughs> sleeping in a bed so they also have no place to lay their head like, like our Lord and so there's this interesting Sanctification through throughout that journey, I think, um, that leads to something that is ambiguous at first. It seems like they say it was satisfactory. Right? What does it mean for the nativity to be just satisfactory? That doesn't seem like a very good review. Well, it was <laughs> it was okay. You know, when people say, "How was that song?" or "How was that concert?" that movie? Well, it was satisfactory. That doesn't sound like high praise. No, it doesn't.
0: Well, it, it makes you think. I, I think. If, you know, a lot of people say, "Oh, the, the sort of people that believe that that uh, God became a baby—they're just looking for some kind of uh, warm blanket, you know, to kind of comfort mm. themselves." And, and I think it's Flannery O'Connor who says that Christianity is is not a warm electric blanket, but it's the cross. Mm-hmm. And and I think that also comes through here that that, yeah. that um this journey took a lot of faith right that that they were actually going somewhere worthwhile Mm. and all that suffering was worthwhile and then even after they go and they find what they were looking for you, you know it doesn't make everything better it doesn't make everything better or easier it seems like now they're in a new predicament because they're strangers in a strange land and they see what's the the line about the idols
1: Oh, yeah, with an alien pe- um, an alien people clutching their gods?
0: Yes, yes. So so now they look around them and they see, they see alien people clutching their gods, right? People are worshiping things that just don't make sense mm. to them. It doesn't add up.
1: Yes, and this idea, there's that turn in the last stanza of birth and death, um, that the birth of this baby is, is like a death for them because I think in a way they're dying to their old selves. They're
0: dying to the Sherbert and the, yeah. and the beautiful young women. Which is
1: very hard. And it's painful to leave behind those things, those comforts. Um, and just this idea that even in a birth, you could be convicted to, you know, be reborn, but that rebirth requires a shedding of, of the old and, um, even though at the end they say I should be glad of another death,
0: and it's fascinating. I, you, know, you know, I know I never imagined the 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 Magi from the biblical narrative dealing with cold or, or snow or those sort of things. Yeah, but I think you don't Eli- really think about it. Elliot lets a little bit of that kind of um, perspective come into his poem as well. What's the line about their their uh, struggles in the weather, their travails? Well, the first
1: stanza says you know a cold coming we had of it Mm -hmm. and he he uses the word hard we had a hard time and just this idea that um they were in the very dead of winter and then they leave the winter um and they descend into bethlehem is again a place that is below this you know mountainous region where there's snow and all of a sudden things smell like warm vegetation again and and he, they're kind of thawing out from the journey, and and there's this promise of warmth and vegetation, new life, right? Um, but yeah, initially it's it's so cold and terrible. And there's there's a lack of shelters, and the cities are hostile, and the towns unfriendly, and the villages are dirty and charging high prices. It's like every traveler's nightmare, right? You know, they're price gouging us. Um, and yeah, they're sleeping just whenever they can.
0: And yet, the journey is really compelling, right? It seems worthwhile, even though there's all this hardship along the way.
1: Mm. Yeah, there's a there's a turn in the middle stanza too. I would say in uh, a conversion, right? Yes, where they begin to have their hearts thawed by mm. by this birth of this tiny baby. That probably this this whole concept probably seems crazy to everyone they left behind. You're on a wild goose chase or something.
0: I bet. I bet. It's, it's it's like Virginia Woolf, you know, thinking about the man by the fire. Something wrong about what they're doing It just doesn't make any sense. It doesn't add up. It's it, so
1: wrong that maybe they got it right. Yeah. <laughs>
0: uh, yeah. So uh, there's a, a great recording online of uh, Elliot reading this poem himself. So good. Yeah. And I, I highly recommend Recommend. My it. favorite
1: part is when he does that. Um, in the I tried to do it myself, but in the last stanza, set down this, set down this. You know, he just with his very austere voice, it, it's really chilling. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, what a great poem.
0: It is, it is definitely.
1: Thank you so much for listening to our podcast and listening to us discuss poetry. One of our favorite things in the whole world.
0: For sure. Yes. Yes. Thank, thank you very much for, for tuning into the Advent edition of poetry for the people. We, in eager
1: I'm, I'm sure you've been waiting in eager expectation for this
0: episode. Indeed. Indeed. I mean, Advent is a wonderful time of the year, the, the season of anticipation.
1: Yeah.
0: Uh, so, so speaking spe- of which, what are we
1: anticipating in the next couple of months?
0: Yes, yes. Speaking of which, uh, you can look forward to a little, a little volume of poems that I put together as the editor of the Poets' Corner. It's it's called the Slumbering Host, and a couple of poems that I've written will be in there, as well as poems by s- some some poets that that we really admire. James Matthew Wilson, David Middleton, Marley Humans, Sally Thomas. So, if if you if you want to pick that up, it's, it's going to be a really good book. Uh, also, if if you would consider uh, becoming one of our Patreon supporters, we are going to have a little Christmas present for you in the next couple weeks. We're going to put out an episode where Sarah and I read a couple of our own original poems. So, we, we'd love it if you would if you would support us.
1: And that will only be exclusively for Patreon supporters. Exactly, so it won't be for
0: exactly the, the public. Yeah, yeah. But thank you, thank you very much, and, and we hope you have a blessed Advent.
1: Indeed.